Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hey there. Welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. I want to talk to you today about the link between child anxiety and stomach issues, along with other physical conditions. This is a huge thing that happens more often than not. And I think it's something that a lot of parents are don't have on their radar. Now, some parents totally get that because they live, eat, and breathe stomach pain and anxiety. But a lot of times the parents that I see in my practice, they see them as separate issues. When I'm taking a history, they'll say, you know, so they're coming in for anxiety and then I'm taking just an overall history and they'll be like, yeah, you know, and she's nauseous all the time or her stomach hurts um, or he's constipated and, and I'll say, yep, that's all part of anxiety. And they'll be like, it is. So I want to talk about that and demystify it today for those of you that maybe don't realize that that's there, there's a correlation or for some people who get it, but they, they want a little bit more information about how, how do you navigate that? And there are some other physical symptoms that maybe are not as obvious to you. And we'll go into those as well. I had slated to talk about this topic for a while, but then in my private Facebook group, AT Parenting Anxious Kids, that thread came up and some parents were talking about that. And that kind of made me think, oh yeah, that's one of the topics I was going to talk about. Why not do it this week? So here I am, bumped this topic up and was like, okay, we'll do a podcast on it because I get that question a lot in my private practice as well. On a total side note, if you want to join my private Facebook group on Parenting Anxious Kids, you should because it is a great growing group of people, very kind-hearted, supportive people who send a lot of love to each other and some really good advice because they are in the throes of Parenting Anxious Kids too. And I am on there all the time. And anytime anyone leaves a comment or a question, I read everything and I reply to everything because I want it to be a very supportive, active group. So if you want to connect with me on a more personal level and other families that are going through what you're going through, definitely sign up. Well, I don't think you sign up for that. Definitely ask to join. <laughs> you can go to Facebook and look up AT Parenting Anxious Kids, or if it's easier, just go to my website anxioustoddlers.com and scroll to the very bottom. And there are, there are links to the, there's pink buttons that link you to the private Facebook group and I'll get notification to accept you. So anyway, let's get back to the topic. So let's talk about stomach pain first, because that's the biggest one. And that's the one that most people come into my practice for. Um, a lot of times people have already been to the pediatrician Sometimes people have already been to like a gastrointestinal specialist, and I've even worked with kids who have been scoped and biopsied before the, the doctors have said, we completely rule out any medical origin and you should go see a therapist. Now, hopefully your child hasn't gone to that extreme, but it does happen actually more often than not. I get tons of families who have been through uh, the ringer medically before they realize that this is tied to anxiety. So let's talk about how stomach pain affects anxiety. Unfortunately, anxiety produces a lot of chemicals that are not harmful, but are not fun throughout your system. So you're having a lot of epinephrine and adrenaline, cortisol, all these chemicals that are meant to help you 
in a fight or flight response when you're in danger, but you have a lot of false alarms when you're anxious and it sets off that same alarm system. So the stomach is hit pretty bad because of all those chemicals and a lot of kids will be nauseous. And the way that you can sometimes rule in or rule out the anxiety component, although total side note, but I do want to preface that you should always go to the doctor and rule out any medical origin. I always tell parents when they come into my practice, it's a very long tangent. I'm sorry. (laughs) I should have said this in the very beginning, but we're only four minutes into this. So no matter what, whether you're like, oh, this is completely anxiety. You know, I listened to Natasha's podcast and she says that anxiety and stomach go hand in hand. And I've read in other places that anxiety and stomach issues are correlated just take your kid to the doctor anyway. It's, it's good on so many levels. One, you just don't want to miss a medical issue because there are a lot of medical issues that like Crohn's disease and stomach issues that anxiety is correlated to them, but sometimes like anxiety makes those conditions worse. And sometimes anxiety is related to those issues. You know, it's, it's a component of those issues. So definitely get a full medical evaluation when your child's having any physical symptoms, because you just want to check that box off and be like, okay, they've had a full medical exam. I'm going to now rule that out and go see a therapist. And then you can always have a check-in later with your doctor, or if you're not satisfied, go to another specialist because sometimes kids have mysterious things that, you know, aren't discovered right away. But a lot of times, if your child has anxiety, a lot of times it's manifested physically. And so you just want to make sure that you know for sure. My five-year-old was having major stomach problems and she's really young for physical symptoms of anxiety. And she started complaining maybe like, like seven months ago, I'm nauseous. I feel my stomach. She didn't say the word nauseous. She didn't know that word. She does now. And she's only five but she'd be like, my stomach hurts. My tummy hurts. My tummy hurts. And she has a lot of anxiety. And so she also holds her poop, which is another thing we'll get into, but not right now. And that, that impacts the stomach. So I did, I took her to the pediatrician, even though I felt like it was anxiety. And of course the pediatrician, well, it was like the, the PA. So the physician assistant, you know, I always find whenever I go into like a the pediatrician, or I see a medical professional, they always kind of discount the anxiety component. And that maybe that's just been my experience. I mean, that's probably definitely been my experience. I just haven't had good luck with pediatricians who understand anxiety. And it always offends me because I feel like that I get. And, and so I'll always throw it out there like, you know, she is anxious. So I'm not sure it could be anxiety. And I almost always get the response of, oh, no, no, no. Um, I'm sure it's probably constipation or it might be, you know, acid reflux. And they just completely discount it before I even get started, which annoys me because that's my field. And I know that that there is a definite correlation. So hopefully you have better doctors than the ones I have found. But anyway, back to what I was talking about. So go get your child a physical rule that out. That also helps your child because kids don't get the mind-body connection. And until they get the mind-body connection, which means until they get my stomach hurts because I'm anxious, they won't get better. So the way that stomach pain looks, like we just talked about, is you know a lot of complaining about 
about their stomach and the stomach pain is real. It feels just as bad as if, you know, they truly had a stomach virus. And I know this because I was one of those kids. It was so annoying. My anxiety hits my stomach and it really did as a kid. I was the kid that threw up every first day of school. Any new class I had to go to, you could bet that I was throwing up. Summer camp, I was hacking in the back of the car seat. (laughs) It was a nightmare. So I completely know how that feels um, to the kids I work with and to my own kids. And you feel very nauseous. And so when parents say, you're fine, you're fine, you're just nervous, that is almost offensive because you're not fine and you feel really sick. And so instead of saying to your child, you're fine, you want to validate that their stomach hurts as bad as it does because it does hurt. But then you want them to know that their stomach is hurting because of their anxiety. So the way that you can tell if it's anxiety, besides definitely ruling it out medically, is look for patterns. When are they getting nauseous? Is it Monday through Thursday night? And then they're fine on Saturday night. So it's only school nights that they feel sick. Or is it right before an event or something they have to do that makes them nervous? Or is it right before bedtime when maybe they're nervous about going to sleep? So look, pay attention to the pattern of when your child is feeling anxious. That will help clue you in. Because if it's anxiety, kids typically are not anxious all the time, 24 seven, you're going to see some patterns. Now, having said that, if it's constipation, they can have some gastrointestinal discomfort all the time because those are really two different issues. You know, having all that acid in your stomach because you're nauseous uh, is a different feeling than having stomach pain or intestinal pain because I'm holding my poop. Like I tell my kids, you have to take the trash out. (laughs) That's what I tell my five-year-old. You have to take your trash out. You've got body trash. You know what I'm talking about, her poop. And you have to take it out. So a lot of the younger kids I work with um, are afraid of the toilet and they're afraid of pooping. And there's a vicious cycle that goes with constipation. And so they're afraid of going on the toilet and so they don't poop. And when they do poop, it hurts because you know, they hadn't pooped in so long. How many times can I say poop in one sentence? (laughs) So they haven't pooped in a long time. So when they do poop, it hurts. And that makes them not want to go even more. And so now they not only are afraid of the toilet, but they're afraid of pooping. So they hold even more. So by the time they poop, it hurts even more. And on and on it goes. So stomach pain and constipation do go hand in hand, but they, they are different. So my five-year-old, that's her issue right now. And that's more norm. That's, I don't want to say normal, but that's more common for, for younger kids to have more of the constipation component. Although I have seen that a lot with the older kids too, but the older kids who are anxious and I'm saying like older, like seven and older, they tend to be more nauseous. Um, you know, they have more acid in their stomach and it's a different, different kind of feeling than the constipation for those kids with constipation you know, go to your doctor and talk to him or her. But like with my five-year-old, the way that we combat that is I give her fiber gummies every day before she goes to bed to keep her regular. And the physician assistant talked about giving her Miralax, which is so funny because for the last, for over a decade in my office, I've heard so many anxious kids be on Miralax. It's just like, 
candy for anxious kids. They're all on Miralax. And it's, it's ironic that now my child's on Miralax too, because I am totally following all of the kids that I work with. So the pediatrician, well, the f- physician assistant said, you know, give her Miralax every other day. And I, of course, thought that's ridiculous. This is just anxiety. How is that going to even help? <laughs> I, I left there really frustrated. And I gave her Miralax every other day. And I gave her, I was already giving her the fiber gummies. And she like stopped complaining about her stomach. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Now she'll still complain when it's right before um, going to school and when it's right before swim class. And that's more of the nausea issue that I see with other kids. You know, when you're really nervous, all of a sudden you're getting all that adrenaline going through your body and you start to feel nauseous and that the Miralax isn't going to take that away because those are two separate issues. So talk to your doctor about what they can do medically, whether it's Miralax for constipation. There's a lot of antacid kind of medications that are over the counter. And even though it's an anxiety trigger that's causing the stomach pain, those medications can definitely help. So see what medications they would recommend. A lot of them now you can get over the counter, but just see what they recommend and see if that helps. You're listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more parenting support, check out Natasha's parenting e-courses on a variety of topics. Each parenting e-course includes a series of teaching videos that can be watched at your own pace. For more information, visit anxioustoddlers.com forward slash parenting hyphen videos. Back to your child. So once you know it's anxiety, and maybe let's say you have some medication, whether it's Miralax or an antacid or something that's going to help your child's stomach medically, the rest of the work is between you and your child. You want to have them connect the dots and get them to realize that their stomach is related to their head and their head is related to their stomach. And I start this really young with my kids. Okay, so my five-year-old. We talk about the worry cloud. If you've listened to my any of my other episodes, I always talk about the worry cloud. Name your child's anxiety. Uh, if you haven't, go back and hear some of my older episodes, even though it's a new podcast, so I don't have that many in the back. But name your child's anxiety. It helps to be able to talk about it. So in my house, two of my kids have a worry cloud and my daughter, who's a teenager, has a dictator because I use that term in my book, anxiety sucks, teen survival guide for kids. I mean, well, teens, but even kids read it, but naming your anxiety is definitely helpful. So I talk to my five-year-old and I say, look, your worry cloud. And I tell my seven-year-old this as well, because he has stomach pain too, because it doesn't go away. (laughs) So I say, your worry cloud is going to try to bother you. He's setting off the alarm and he doesn't know what he's talking about. And when you're not listening to the alarm bells, and sometimes even if you are, he's going to hit your stomach because he can affect everything in your body. And that can make you feel sick, but it's your worry cloud you're not really sick. You don't have a stomach bug. You don't have the stomach flu. It's your worry cloud. It does feel just as bad. And I know that you feel really sick, but if we listen to your worry cloud and we don't go to school or we don't go to swim class or we don't go to bed, your worry cloud is going to get bigger. And if it gets bigger, guess what happens? It can hurt your stomach. 
and it can hurt your stomach even more. So the, the way we fix this problem is we crush your worry cloud and we go to school anyway, or we go to swim class anyway, and we fight back with the worry cloud. And I've talked in past episodes, and I talk a lot about this on my website, anxioustollers.com. Um, and maybe I'll leave some links in the show notes, but I talk a lot about red thoughts and green thoughts. So red thoughts are just like what the anxiety tells you. And the green thoughts are what you fight back with. I'm just a very visual person. And I think that helps. So I'll tell kids, what's a green thought that you can have. So we'll use my daughter as an example. Swim class is kind of like the latest and greatest thing that we are struggling with. I've talked about that a lot, actually. So I will say to her, like last week, she was nauseous. She didn't want to go. She was really upset about it. And it's like, all of a sudden, it's always something, right? So she's like, I can't go. I've, I'm sick. I have a stomach ache. And my, it's funny because my son, who's seven, he had the same exact thing at five with swim class, but he had diarrhea. And so for a while, I actually thought maybe he had something until I saw the pattern. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's having anxiety. Hers is just not, she's nauseous. So she's like, I can't go. I feel sick. I'm going to throw up. What if I throw up? What if I throw up at swim class? And that is what anxiety does. It, it uses nausea as another fear factor. So it'll be like, you're going to throw up. You're going to throw up in front of everybody. That's going to be super embarrassing. And you want to tackle that because one of the top five anxieties that I see in my practice, ironically, or maybe not even that ironically is fear of throwing up. Fear of throwing up is an anxiety theme in and of itself. And it's really not surprising. That's why I say maybe it's not that ironic because well, yeah, that, that completely makes sense. Of course, that's going to be an anxiety theme because anxiety makes you nauseous. And a lot of people who are anxious have some social anxiety component. And so the idea of throwing up in front of people is terrifying. And so they wind up not wanting to go out. They don't want to go anywhere where they think they might throw up. And so they definitely don't want to go to school because they fear, oh my gosh, I'm nauseous. I'm going to throw up in front of my friends. It's going to be embarrassing. And now they're anxious about being anxious. And now they're anxious about being anxious and throwing up. So that's how it balloons out of control. So if you have a very young kid, nip it in the bud, like I'm doing with my five-year-old. And I said to her at swim class, well, or before we actually got there, this is your worry cloud. I know you feel sick, but if I let you stay home today, guess what's going to happen? He's going to always make your stomach hurt whenever you're scared. And we have to fight him. So I said, if you get sick, we'll just go home, but I think you're going to be fine. I'm trying to relieve her anxiety by letting her know that I get it. One, you know, I'm validating her, her sickness because I know she truly feels sick. And two, I'm giving her an out, like, we'll see how you are when you get there. You're going to be okay. And then three, I'm giving her green thoughts, you know, like you're a great swimmer. Your coach is right there. I talked to your coach and I told her that you're having fears and she's going to only make you do half the pool instead of the whole pool. So I'm working with her thoughts. That is huge. I think that's the component that most parents and even sometimes therapists forget is, yeah, you can do all these like breathing techniques and guided imagery or count to 10 or whatever. But until you tackle those thoughts, those anxious thoughts, it's not going to go away. I'm a huge proponent of cognitive behavioral therapy and I'm big on the cognitive part well, and the behavioral, because the behavioral is the doing, but until you do the cognitive part of reframing their thinking, they're never going to get better. And you can do this with any child at any age. And I simplify it. And I just talk about it as red thoughts and green thoughts. 
I go into this in huge detail in my parenting e-course, Crush Anxiety, where I teach parents how to teach their kids to fight anxiety. So if you've read anything or if you've taken my course, you've heard all this language before because this is this is how I teach kids in my practice and this is how I teach parents in my e-course to teach their own kids. So you can do this with your kids. You know, start generating those positive thoughts. You want them to generate it for themselves. So my daughter and I started talking about it and I finally got her in the car because you know sometimes that's even a, a challenge. And she went to swim class. And then as a parent, because I am a totally anxious mom, if you heard that episode <laughs> of how to, how to parent when you're anxious, that's a good, ep- that's a good episode. You should go back and hear that. If you have any anxiety yourself, because I am full of anxiety when my kids say they're nauseous, because in my mind, I'm like, Oh my gosh, please don't throw up. Please don't be sick. And then I'm running scenarios in my head. How am I going to handle this? If she's in the pool and she throws up, how am I going to handle this? If, and I have to quiet my anxiety and say, you know, shut up dictator. Yeah. That's how I talk to my brain. I'm not going to hear it. And so I have to do my own green thoughts, you know, just be calm and it'll be okay. Believe in what you're teaching her and she will believe it too. And so I never, ever, ever let my kids see my panic or my concern about it. I'm always very cool and calm, but I'm totally faking it. (laughs) I'm so sad. So we go to swim class and she gets in there and she's smiling and she's giving me thumbs up and she comes out and she's like, I did great. And she did really good last week. And the coach was like, yeah, she's doing so much better. And when we get in the car, you know, she's like, I crushed my anxiety because we talk weird like that in my house. You know, I crushed the worry cloud. And then this is the important component that you want to do with your kids. When they overcome their anxiety, you want to highlight that so that they can kind of file that win. You want them to file that win. If you don't highlight it, that win might be lost. So I said, see what you just did? How does your stomach feel right now? It feels okay. So why do you think your stomach feels okay right now? Well, because I crushed my worry cloud. That's right. If you had a stomach bug, would your stomach feel okay within an hour? No. Okay. So then that was your worry cloud. It felt like a stomach bug, but that was your worry cloud. And my daughter would be like, yeah, it doesn't hurt anymore. So you, that's how you make the mind body connection. Because I have so many kids that I work with that come into my practice and they are really annoyed that they're in therapy because they're like, I'm having a medical problem and nobody is listening to me because they're all saying it's my, it's my anxiety. And that is so ridiculous. I can't control my stomach aches and it's not because I'm worried. When I have kids like that, I, until they are on board and they believe that there's a correlation between their stomach and their anxiety, I can't help them because I can't talk about green thoughts and I can't talk about ways to crush their anxiety because they're like, I don't have any. And so you want them to start talking. You want their mind and body to start talking together and you want to facilitate that or have a therapist facilitate that, or, you know, learn how to teach your child to facilitate that. Because I feel like there's tools that parents can do on their own if they know how to do it. So you want to get that mind body connection. Briefly, I want to talk about some other physical ailments that I see in my practice. Um, We're just going to touch on them really briefly because I don't want to make this a really long episode. And then we'll wrap up. So besides the stomach and the stomach, the nausea's best friend, constipation, I had mentioned before, diarrhea is another one. And so it just depends on your child's body, how they process their anxiety and all those chemicals. 
So when I was a kid, it was nausea, like all the way. And I knew it. I mean, I knew it, even though no one had told me. I mean, it, was, it became very obvious to me when I threw up every um, first day of something new. I got smart as a teenager. I just would never eat breakfast because I knew I was going to throw up. So I was like, I'm not going to do it. When I got really, really, really nervous, like I had a presentation or I had something that was like super upsetting, I would have diarrhea. Aren't you glad you're listening to me? (laughs) I'll tell you all about my bodily functions. And my son, when he was super, super nervous, um, and again, it was swim class. I don't know why my kids have a problem with swim class. He would have diarrhea. And a lot of the kids I work with in my practice, even in therapy, sometimes they'll have to go to the bathroom because we're talking about their anxiety, which sometimes triggers anxiety. Ironically, not always. A lot of times kids feel better when they're talking about it, but for some kids I work with, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to think about it. And when they start thinking about it, they get anxious and they'll have diarrhea. They'll go and have diarrhea and then come back. So that's kind of sad. So those are all the stomach areas. Other areas that are common, but not as common as the stomach, definitely headaches, just like stress headaches. You know, so if you have a child that's getting headaches a lot and they tend to be in clusters, definitely go to a neurologist if they're really bad and see what's going on. But headaches and migraines, they can be stress induced. I also see a lot of um, throat issues. I know that sounds really weird, but with anxiety, it kind of closes your throat And so there are kids that will clear their throat a lot or cough a lot. You have to be careful because sometimes that is a sign of Tourette's and sometimes it's a sign of OCD if there's, if it's done in patterns or on purpose. But a lot of times I have worked with kids that say they can't, they are afraid of choking or they can't swallow and they get very concerned that there's like some obstruction in their throat that actually happens So throat issues is one. Also, there are nail biting and picking of scabs and pulling of hair that are caused by the same area of the brain. And so picking, pulling, and biting are all compulsive behaviors, and they're all tied into anxiety. Now, a lot of times people will think that when they're anxious, they pull hair, but and that's called trichotillomania. I don't know why they have to have such a weird name for that. But that's not necessarily true. You can pull your hair and be calm and bored, but it's a compulsion. But it is the same part of the brain. So I often see a correlation between those two. Another kind of weird thing that I want to mention that, I mean, I never read about this, but it's something I see all the time in my practice is a lot of times anxious kids will either suck their lips or they're constantly licking their lips and then they dry them with like the back of their hand. And so a weird indicator for me of an anxious kid, besides the obvious, like their nails are bitten all the way down um, or they pick up their scabs is a red, a red ring around their lips. More often than not, it's just like the bottom part of their lip has like a little bit of a redness or a circle. I have seen kids who have it just on the top and I have seen a couple of kids that I've worked with that have it on both, but more often than not, it's like a bottom part of the lip or the top part. To me, when I see a kid like that, I look a lot closer for anxiety. Not that every kid with a red ring around their lip has anxiety. Some people just need to use a little bit more chapstick, but there's a pattern there. 
because when you're nervous, you lick your lips a lot. And then anxious kids sometimes don't like the sensation of wetness. And so they take the back of their hand and they dry it. It causes their lips to get chapped and then it causes their lips to get red. So look at that as well, because some of you might be going, oh my gosh, my kid has that. I didn't know that was related to anxiety. It's a trait that I have noticed. Other physical symptoms that we didn't get into today, and I'm not going to get into today, are the panic attack related symptoms when your body is really shutting down and having a complete non-medical emergency. So go back. That was, I believe that was episode number 12, but I could be wrong, but go back and listen to the panic attack episode. If your child is having those or having anxiety attacks that, and obviously those affect you physically and they're more intense physical sensations. But I wanted to cover today mainly stomach issues and constipation, diarrhea. And I wanted you to also know a little bit about, you know, the picking, pulling and biting behaviors that you see with anxious kids. I hope that some of this was eye-opening and gave you some indications of what you can do to help your child. And if you have a comment or a question, um, you can definitely join my private Facebook group. That would be awesome at AT Parenting Anxious Kids. Or you can visit my website. This podcast will be on my website at anxioustoddlers.com backslash PSP-013. And I would love to hear from you. If you're enjoying my podcast and you want to be an amazing person and you have 60 60 seconds to kill, if you can leave me a review and let me know how it's going for you, I would be more than happy. I'd be ecstatic to read those. Those make my day. And when you're starting a new podcast, it's hard because you really don't know if you're helping or if you're having any impact in people's lives. And I love doing this, so I'm going to keep doing it no matter what. But when I get those feedback, I have... Um, a few reviews and those completely made my day. And anyone who's out there who, who made those reviews, I want to totally tell you, thank you. I really appreciate them. They kind of invigorated me and make me feel like, okay, I'm doing something that is, that's helping out there. So I hope that you're having an amazing start to your week. And until next time, I hope you find the sparkle in every day. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more tips and parenting support, visit anxioustoddlers.com.